On today's insights, three ways to re-engage your client database this week, four ways to share your jobs on social media, and cost per application is up more than 25% in 2021. What are three things you can do to combat this? Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email us at info at haleymarketing.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your digital and recruitment marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? Hey, Brad. This is March. We we made it to our month of spring. We made it, man. And honestly, we're one day closer to golf season. It's heating up in Buffalo. I don't even want to call it a heat wave, but let me tell you, Matt, felt great. Had the windows open in February. Honestly, man, Things are feeling really good right now. I like when the seasons turn. I know a lot of people will say being in Buffalo must stink because of all the snow. I love when you get that that season change, and it just adds a, a little bit of excitement to the day, I think. I've always thought it's interesting how now it was 55 the other day. We're walking outside, probably in shorts and T-shirts, but if it's 55 in about October, November, you're cold. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very interesting. Once again, this is weather with Brad and Matt. But we're here on Insights to help you with content and digital recruitment marketing tips for the industry. That's all it is, man. Let's get to the show. Three ways to re-engage your client database this week. Matt, we've talked to countless staffing and recruiting firms across the country in the last month or so. And the challenge continues to be finding prospects, finding potential clients. And as we look at finding those new sales opportunities, as we look at finding job orders, one point continues to remain true. Yes, you can go out and find new prospects or you can stay with your current client database, your prospect database, and continue to work that database and inform those individuals of what it is you bring to the table. So Matt, we've talked on Insights time after time about ways to find prospects to generate those business leads. For sake of this segment, let's talk about how to just re-engage an existing list. Businesses across the country have built this client portfolio, this prospect portfolio. What's one thing they can do this week to just stay top of mind or re-engage their prospect list? I'll start with what actually we're doing in one of our divisions here at Haley Marketing. I'm calling it old school content marketing. Send a letter. Send a physical piece of paper. We'll hold our jokes about the postal service, but it will get there because there's also not a lot of mail coming through. So you're playing the game there of hoping to be at the top of a very short pile on somebody's desk, but also decision makers, owners, a lot of them are still going to the office, right? We're opening back up America slowly, which is great, but 
you know, our CEOs have been in the office pretty much the whole time or most of the time. Somebody has to go in there to, to answer mail and receive mail, send content through the mail, a physical piece of paper about why you're a staffing company or what you're doing really well. When all we hear is there's more jobs than ever that are going unfilled. How can you help? I love a handwritten letter. Nothing means more to me than when someone just drops a letter in the mail and just says, Hey, thanks. Or just reaches out casually. I think it's just because I'm so fixated on my phone and social media and digital that like a, a thank you in an email. Yes, it has value or someone reaching out about services via email. Sure. It has value, but an old school handwritten letter that's signed and addressed to me just feels different. I love that idea, Matt. I'm going to take that the other way because I just said I'm fixated on social media and I'm fixated on digital. Why not send an email to, to everybody in your prospect list or in your client list this week and make it one-to-one? Reach out and say, hey, I hope things are going well in Buffalo or I hope things are going well for you and your organization. Reach out and personalize that. And that might seem like a daunting task. How are we going to email hundreds of prospects? Maybe you start with that Dream 100 list and you send a very personalized email to your top 100 prospects or your top 20, get started somewhere, break it down into something you can manage and then scale out from there. I think you can add that personalized touch that you really like, Brad, and somehow make it add a video, add a 30, 60, 90 second video short to the point, but it's personalized. And the more you can template it, but still make it personalized, right? The mass customization, automation, oxymorons we talk about here a lot but it can work really well because if you're maybe you send the handwritten note or you send a follow-up video about how you're helping, that's a personalized message in someone's email inbox that shows you took some time, you cared about them and you're staying in front of them. If you want to blow somebody's mind, send them a video in a direct message on LinkedIn or Twitter. It will absolutely rock their world. It's something that doesn't happen often because you you slide into a direct message and you just kind of shoot a quick message or LinkedIn, especially. It's all a sales pitch, right? If you want to absolutely just rock somebody's day, send them a video of just, hey, Matt, I saw you're, saw you're an Indians fan. How about them Indians this season? Just send a nice one-to-one video to somebody on a social platform in a direct message. I promise you, it will completely shake things up. Uh, I actually have a, a friend in Buffalo outside of staffing. He runs a local recording studio. He does 95% of his business directly on Instagram through Instagram Messenger, sends a video to every single prospect that reaches out to him. And he has 95% of his clients come through Instagram Messenger just because of that. Uh, very successful recording studio too. This isn't just a, you know, a guy in his bedroom recording beats. It's, it's a, a very profitable studio. Matt, what else? So we've talked about we talked about print and writing a nice tangible letter. Uh, we talked about email. What else can we do to re-engage that client or prospect list? Give them a call. Get on the phone and work your magic through a phone call because at Haley Marketing, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we had a challenge internally here at the quarter one to where we're calling all of our clients from the newest employee to the CEOs of our company. We broke down our client list to reach out to them learn more about 2021 goals, see if there's anything we can do to help. If it's a paid service, if it's maximizing current services, if it's even the huge quantity of freebies on our site. And it's been received really well. I talked to someone down in Georgia. She was like, hello, stranger, which makes you feel a little bad for a second, but it went to a great conversation. 
And we've heard so many times over and over, thank you for giving us a call. Really appreciate it. Other vendors don't do that. Get on the phone and give them a call and have a purpose behind that phone call. I think having a purpose of just checking in and saying hi adds a ton of value. Where I, I think we often overlook just the human element of having a business relationship with somebody and reaching out and calling and just saying, hey, Matt, just wanted to see how things are going. Haven't talked to you in a while goes such a long way. You don't need to call a prospect or call a current client and just ask about business right away. Drop in and see how their family's doing. See how they're doing. Check in on you know just a nice mental health check-in. We're all still pretty much quarantined and locked up. We can go places. We can't go places. It's still an incredibly difficult situation for all of us to endure. Check in with your, your business contacts, your clients, your prospects, and just see how things are going. And then from there, See if there's anything you can do to help spin that conversation into the next step of the process. That'll go a long way because we don't have as much human interaction with people, especially outside of our bubble or circle. Depends on parts of the country. Some are bigger than others, but that human interaction can be really great. Just call to say, hey, you know, it's tough when you're living in a virtual world. It's a physical distancing. We're physically distancing. We don't have to socially distance. That can work really well for you. At this time, we'd like to welcome on Aaron Eastlack, Digital Marketing Manager with Haley Marketing. Aaron, welcome to Insights. Hey, thanks for having me, Brad. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Aaron, as we get started, why don't you tell us what it is you do for Haley Marketing, for our clients, and for our team? Essentially, I've got a really awesome team of folks that I work with here at Haley Marketing Group, and we manage digital marketing strategies and tactics for our clients. Um, I think the best part of my day is when I get to talk with a team about an idea that we're trying to float, trying to maybe a problem we're trying to solve, and then take it back to the client and say, what about this? Let's match this up to your goals and um, see how it works. You're also a certified John Maxwell speaker, right? I sure am. A speaker, trainer, coach. Excellent. So when you think through that training, you think through that certification, what value does that add to the conversation when you're speaking with clients and prospects? I'll tell you what, the first thing that... Um, John Maxwell talks about is adding um, value to people. So when I go into a conversation, I focus on that person. I, I don't focus first on the company or on um, you know the money side of it or a sale or something like that. I want to make sure I've established a good relationship and rapport with that person by adding something to them. And then you can build off of that so much easier. If you've built that, then you have a little bit of trust um, and, and it's legitimate. It's, it's real. There's real trust there. Um, so, so adding value to people is huge. Appreciate that, man. I think that ties right into segment one. When we're talking about re-engaging your client database, it's having that human interaction and that human conversation. Aaron, for sake of this segment of insights, we're going to talk about four places to share your jobs on social media. You and I just covered this topic on our social pro roundtable. And for insights listeners who don't know what the social pro roundtable it is. Our social pro product at Haley Marketing is our fully managed social media marketing solution that we develop specifically for staffing and recruiting firms, where we're actively posting as your organization on social media. Every month, we bring all of our social pro clients together to share additional insights in an exclusive webinar series. Aaron joined me a couple of weeks ago to share ways to further amplify your jobs on social media. So Aaron, get us started here. If we think through four places to share your jobs on social media, what's the first? I'm going to reframe it a little bit. It's definitely four ways to share your jobs. The first one 
um, is platform specific tools. Um, you know, whether it's uh, Facebook with Facebook jobs, um, which rolled out maybe, gosh, it's been two years now or so. Um, they also have some lead gen campaigns that you can run on PPC that are very affordable. Um, and you can target, uh, you know, geographic regions down to a town, essentially. Um, you can also target, uh, use a lot of their targeting options. Um, if it's on LinkedIn and you know that your, your recruits are in LinkedIn, there are lots of ways to do that. It's definitely a little bit more pricey, but if the value is there, um, you can go for it. One other thing that we didn't talk about our last chat, but uh, that I thought was important for this is especially during the pandemic when businesses were starting to pull back on expenditures and sometimes they pull back on marketing, they were able to recruit people just by having a presence. So running something as simple as a like campaign really added value to the company and pulled in audience um, of folks that wanted to follow them that could potentially be uh, recruits in the future. I agree. So it starts with using the platform as the platform's intended, using Facebook exactly. jobs, using LinkedIn jobs, using the ads platform. Walk us through the second place to, to post those jobs. All right. So the second one, calling the double A's. It's like a double A battery. When I have a flashlight that's out or low on battery juice, when I put fresh double A batteries into that, man, it just works so much better. So the two double A's, one is Automation. The second is amplification. Now, automation. There's everybody talks about automation and and all of that, but if you can find a tool that helps to auto, automate sharing content, not just jobs, maybe blogs, maybe insights, like kind of like what we do for, with Haley Marketing, um, using an automation tool so that you can use your time better to then do those one-on-one -on -one outreach um, uh, campaigns like you mentioned, Matt, writing a letter or something like that, that adds even more value. Um, so we have a tool called NetSocial where we basically just plug our social media accounts into it. And the content that comes out of Haley Marketing's website and job board and all of that gets funneled directly to my LinkedIn account, Facebook account as well. Um, now, the second one is amplification. And these two things go hand in hand because if I am able to automate, then I can amplify. So for instance, we have, I think we rolled over uh, how many employees at Haley Market? Like 52 now. If you get all 52 people into your automation platform, you then have the potential to completely amplify um, your reach. So for instance, um, I know that year over year, I'm not going to give the specifics, but I know that year over year in terms of LinkedIn traffic back to the Haley Marketing website, we're way up. Now that's on the business side. But I looked at data just from my LinkedIn account and feed. I was averaging about maybe like 20 people viewing my profile. I'm well over 90 now, just from connecting to the source. Right. So when you plug into the source, you get this double A thing going, automation um, and amplification. It not only benefits the company branding, but the personal branding so that when I'm ready to reach out to somebody one-to-one, -one, they've already seen me. You're spot on there. With with automation, you start to amplify that job so that more people are sharing it, more people are seeing it. It's casting a wider net. And and Aaron, I'm just now realizing I said four places again to share social or share jobs on social. It really is four ways to share uh, is today's segment. So walk us through the third way to share jobs on social media. Third way is groups and communities. Um, this is networking on the neighborhood level. Uh, so I'll give you a quick anecdote here. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was looking for Jeep parts. So I hopped into a 716 yard sale 
Facebook group just to see what was there. Cause I didn't want to have to drive very far to pick up just a random park. So I hop in there and I'm, I didn't find what I was looking for in terms of that, but I started seeing people say, Hey, I'm out of work. Does anybody have work in the area? And almost instantly two or three business owners said, I'm hiring right now, call me. And they, they were able to make a connection right there on a very small level. Groups can connect you directly with people. Now, Facebook might not be the place that you're comfortable. LinkedIn has groups and LinkedIn placed a very high importance in terms of their algorithms, in terms of their advertising on groups. For the last few years, groups has been their focus. So if you can hop into these groups, one, going back to the John Maxwell thing, add value to the group first, and then you can start to network with the people in that group. Zig Ziglar said, uh, uh, the takers, they eat well, but the givers sleep better. So if you think through um, giving first in all of these situations, you'll know that at the end of the day, you'll actually get value out of this because you added value to other people. So these groups and communities is actually very important. Maybe it's a chamber um, chamber of commerce local group, and you're trying to make those business connections. That's huge. Uh, the chamber groups on Facebook were extremely active during the pandemic when you would think that it would be almost the opposite, but they were extremely active because people, business owners were relying on each other for ideas on how to stay alive, keep their business alive during that time. So just a, a sales perspective, not just recruiting, but a one-to-one sales perspective, it's extremely important as well. You said that groups and communities are networking on the neighborhood level. I thought that was a dynamite quote. I'm thinking through how I can steal that from you without you knowing it, but that was an incredible line. I think when you think about groups and communities, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever it is, Reddit, you have a group of like-minded individuals who are all talking about the same thing. You want to join that community, join that group and add value. Like you're saying, Aaron, you want to make sure that you're not just going into a group or community and screaming, Hey, I have jobs. You're thinking through how do I instead join the community, join that conversation and then become one with that group in that community. I love it, man. Walk us through the fourth way to share jobs on social. Yeah. The fourth way is, um, it can be fun. It can be scary, but you've got to try it. It's called experimentation. You've mm-hmm. got to get into an experiment with new ways of sharing your jobs, connecting with uh, recruits, connecting on the sales level too. Um, for instance, Reddit just blew up with people looking for jobs and connecting and employment during the pandemic. People were looking just like those Facebook groups. People are on Reddit. They're active. Um, drop in a job link every once in a while. Join that conversation. Make sure you add some value and then drop a link in there. Don't, don't just blast it and say here, you know, like you said, don't just be yelling at people and nobody likes that. Um, but if you're able to connect, um, it's something like that, uh, subreddit, um, I think it was the subreddit unemployed. That was something that got a ton of news. There are times reported on it. Um, you know, Washington post, like a whole bunch of, uh, national level, um, newspapers and reporting companies, they they said Reddit is a place to talk with people right now. One thing that I want to keep in mind also is that um, since we've all moved online during the pandemic, uh, we're behind the times in terms of the younger generation. They've been living online for their entire lives almost. I've got friends that are gamers that they their community is not on Facebook groups or something like that. Their community is a gaming community and they've been wearing headsets for the last five years that they've been playing, you know, Call of Duty or whatever. They have a small group of people and then they start to expand that group as they go to college, as they then expand into the workforce. They're already there. We have to find those groups 
experiment with those groups in terms of getting in front of them. Um, you can run ads on Google to gaming uh, platforms already. I wonder how many staffing companies are doing that right now. You know, that's a, a fantastic place to get your brand in front of the next generation. Experimenting to me is one of the best things you can do. Yes, you want to go to what is tried and true and, and use those principles that you've developed, that you've learned. We've said on Insights time after time that you need to start with where you're most comfortable. When you're just deploying that social strategy, start with what you know and what you understand, but then experiment and and use these platforms to the ways that they're redeveloping themselves. Instagram Reels, Facebook Stories, use YouTube, use Reddit, try Twitter, try a site like Craigslist, try, and I might even say it here, something like TikTok or Snapchat and think through how you can leverage those platforms. Now, yes, if I was going to say you have limited resources and limited time, we all do. There are certain things that you can lean into and find success in right now, but experiment with different things as you have time and give it a shot. Aaron, I want to thank you for coming on today's episode of Insights. We're going to leave you in here. We're going to pull Matt Lozar back in for segment three, but thank you for coming on, sharing your insights and sharing four ways to share your jobs on social media. All right, Matt, welcome back to the show, buddy. We're here for segment three now to talk about cost per application. And when you think about looking at recruitment marketing, Matt, cost per application is up more than 25% in 2021. It's a stat that you shared with the team at Haley Marketing this week. First off, why is it up? And second, what can we do about it? And Aaron, please feel free to hop in as you'd like as well, man. The reason for looking into this data came from actually a post on ASA Central, American Staffing Association. There was just a question about, is indeed data going up? And it, quite frankly, kicked me in the butt to look at our own data. And when I did, it showed, actually updated it here before the show, we're up 26.29% in application costs on Indeed in the calendar year 2021. So what that means is it's costing 26% more to get an application. We talked to some other staffing companies around the country and seeing similar things. And then that pushed me to reach out to Indeed, who we have contacts with. And the answer we've gotten so far is basic economics, Brad. There are more jobs going to the job boards, which we hear all the time, right? Our clients, companies in the industry have more job orders than they could ever have. So it's now everywhere. It's trickling down. The amount of people looking for work is not increasing at the same rate. So when you have more jobs, more companies competing for the same amount of candidates, it costs more. And that's a real reason. It's probably, it was the gut one of my thought originally was it's basic economics, don't overthink it. So it's a challenge right now. It's been tough for a number of months and the cost is going up. So that's another factor to account in your recruitment marketing strategy. And that's across all hiring, right? That's not just hospitality or light industrial. That's that's a flat cost per application is as we see it going up. Yes, correct. It's it's going across every industry and it's it's hyper competitive. Hey, can I jump in here for a second too? This is really interesting information. And I've I've been hearing this sort of chatter in my conversations with clients. I was speaking to a client on Monday and he was saying, you know, cost per applications are going up. We see it on their, you know, in our reports. Um, I, I believe they have uh, bullhorn. So they, they've got really good insights in terms of that. Um, he, he said, are you seeing this across the board? And I said, frankly, yeah, we are. I mean, this is like you said, Matt, basic economics. It's a, like a supply and demand thing. Um, 
he said, I'm so glad though, that we got our ROI dashboards set up last year so that we could measure this. And we know exactly what we need to spend now to do this. I'm wondering how many companies have lagged behind in terms of being able to actually measure the metrics, because you could, um, you know, if you're spending a thousand dollars on Indeed or something like that, and that same thousand dollars isn't get, getting you the same results, man, uh, do you need to shift somewhere else? Do you need to increase your budget or something like that? But if you don't have historical data to rely on and be able to shift your budget as needed and be flexible and pivot, um, this is the year to really get on the ball with that. So Matt, what do we do? Cost per applications up across the industry. This isn't just hospitality, isn't just light industrial, isn't just IT. We're seeing data. Um, Indeed is sharing data that cost per applications up. So, I mean, we, first off, we have to kind of just accept it, right? It's a cost of doing business as we see it, but what do we do? Where do we go from here? We have three ways. That's what we teased in the segment and Brad stole my first one. So thanks to my co-host of number one, increase your budget. It's the easiest. It's the simplest. It's not the one I'd like to lead with when you're talking to companies, but if it costs more to get an application, it costs more to get an application. It's you got to spend like money to make money sometimes, right? And, you do, and that's kind of what Indeed is saying right now. Also, if you go to the grocery store and you buy your milk, your meat, Cheerios, whatever, if it costs more, it stinks, but you got to pay your, your grocery bills going up. Point number one, increase your budget just because you have to. Point two, kind of the flip side of that. Something Haley Marketing really has been behind for a number of years. Be smarter with your spend. And kind of build up what Aaron said when he's talking about dashboards and having data there. But let's say you have a $1,000 budget and you sponsored 20 jobs in the past just because we like easy math here. Do you really need to sponsor those 20 jobs? Do you need to sponsor 10 of the jobs or 15 of the jobs to keep your budget at $1,000? Do you need to set a limit on the number of applications you need for a job? Do you really need 50 applications for a job or can you, can you succeed with 20 or 25? Getting back to that data to know how many applications does it take to get the quality number of applications you need to submit to a client or to put out on assignment. And that speaks to Aaron's point. You need to have the data to make educated decisions. We're not saying you have to spend more just because everybody's spending more. You need to know your data and understand what it takes to land that star candidate that you're looking for. We talk about it a lot, goal strategies, tactics. And if your recruitment goal is to place this many, increase your business by 10% this year, what do you need to spend to get there? How do you, how do you adjust your spend we talk about programmatic job advertising a lot. It's an easy way to do it. It's definitely not the only way to do it. But if you have that source tracking and the data telling you all these metrics that help you meet your KPIs, your ROI will be there. And that's how you, what you want to do. Matt, give us number three. If we think through the fact that cost per application is up more than 25% this year, what's the last thing we can do to battle against this? Other ways to find other sources. It's segment two was a great way where you're talking about social media. That's one aspect of it. Facebook, LinkedIn, try some new ones as well. Look at other job boards. Maybe it's ZipRecruiter, talent.com, next upward job case, Telru, somewhere else where people are spending time, really consider other sources and measure it. And then also a, something that Brad is very passionate about right now, reactivate that candidate database. 
Can you email your database? Can you text your database? Can you target it with Facebook advertising to reactivate it? Different tactics to leverage the database you've already paid for, your unique database to everyone else in the country. Reactivate the people in there to see if they're ready for a new assignment, if they're looking for a higher paying job, just something that speaks to them right now. That's one of the biggest things that I'm I'm realizing in speaking with clients and speaking with individuals throughout the industry is that, and maybe it's just because it's, I don't want to speak for everyone, but maybe it's just because it's easier just to load up a new job on a job board and generate more applications. The industry as a historically is going to find new candidates instead of going back to vetted candidates who are qualified for the job. And I'm not saying go back to your candidate database of your C and D uh, applicants who you don't want to put on assignment, go back to those B level or even A levels who just weren't right at the right time and see if they're ready for your next opportunity and, and recycle through that database. Use, as Matt said, you've already invested the recruitment marketing dollars to get those applications. You've already generated, you've vetted them, you've interviewed them, you've gone through the process, put them back on assignment. Hey guys, another way you can do that, um, increasing your budget, but in a different sense. And by activating those people that you've already worked with. Referrals this year have been huge. I work with a company that invested a heck of a lot more money in referral bonuses. They kept their Indeed budget the same. They they did increase their Facebook ads budget because they knew that that's where they were getting their candidates from, quality candidates, but they almost tripled their referral budget so that they could run referral campaigns every single week. And now this was back in March, April, May, when they were really struggling to get people in. But guess what? It paid dividends later on because they built loyalty, not only with the people that they had placed in the past, but with the new people that they pulled in because of those referrals. I think that I think that's something huge to remember. Remember we talked about that neighborhood level that plays into it. So not only at the very top level, but right there at that nitty gritty personal one-to-one level, that budget's huge and those referrals are huge. Aaron, I think referrals are an incredible way to get applicants and associates that you've put on assignment to give you that strong referral to their friend, their family member, get additional individuals back in your pipeline. It's a great way to make sure that you're continuously funneling new candidates in, in a different way. So Matt, when you think through the fact that cost per application is going up in 2021, it already has gone up in 2021. Maybe you're going to continue to see this go up in 2021. Walk us through that one last time. What should staffing and recruiting firms do? Should we be concerned? Should we continue operating business as usual? Give us that final takeaway. Sure. It's three ways, you know, right off the bat, increase your budget, cost of doing business. It's number two, be smarter with your recruitment dollars, your recruitment strategy. Do you need to sponsor as many jobs as you are? Do you need as many applications as you are? If you do, you know, adjust. But if you don't, maybe you can keep your budget the same and get the same results, really have that tracking in place. The third way, consider other sources, referrals, if it's social media, email, activating your database, other job boards, you know, they may be going up too, but maybe you can find other candidates that aren't in your database or aren't spending time on Indeed that you can put on assignment. Those are three great ways. And it's, it's a push of mine to help create content for Haley Marketing's website for recruitmentmarketers.com that's going to address this because I'm guessing it's not going to flip quickly. 
but hopefully one day it does. But if it doesn't, we need to have that content and strategies out there to help the industry find the candidates to get people to work and put people back to work to help the economy and all of our businesses overall. That's our show. We want to thank Aaron Eastlack for coming on and sharing his insights with us on this episode of Insights. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.